Right, okay, if you have your Bibles with you, turn to Job chapter 10. Job t- chapter 10. Um, we're still looking at Job's response um, to Bildad's speech back in chapter 8, which was quite brutal. And um, we kind of looked at chapter 9 with Job basically saying, what is the use? What's the use in arguing with God, what's the use in talking to God, what is, the, what is the use in even pleading my case. And in chapter 10, we said last week, it's, it's as if Job is kind of giving up. He says, my, I, my soul is weary of my life. The word weary uh, means to loathe, and Job is basically saying that he's got to the point where he hates his life, and um, so much so that, um, that he's, he's at such a low point, he says, I will leave my complaint upon myself. And the, the Hebrew word leave literally means to let loose, to abandon. Um, so Job has got to the point where he thinks, what else have I got to lose? I may as well just kind of give God both battles type of thing. Uh, and chapter 10 is, like we said last week, is like a prayer packed full of queries, seething with irritations and quite... Serious challenges against God. You know, Job even challenged God's goodness. Basically said that God was an oppressor. And we know from scripture um, in the Old Testament, the Lord gave commands that that wasn't meant to be the case. You weren't meant to oppress people. You weren't meant to um, take advantage of those who couldn't fend for themselves. And we said that um, chapter 10 could be split into five questions. We managed to look at we managed to look at three last week. Um, in verses two to three, Job is basically questioning, why does God afflict me? Um, and he says, I was saying to God, do not condemn me. If, if there was a kind of a theme running through Job, two words would stand out. One would be condemn, one would be complaint, because both of those words um, happen, uh, appear quite, quite a number of times. And Job is just feeling unfairly treated as we've been like reiterating all the way through. Job didn't have the, 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 the blessing that we have of having that insight into the conversation that took place in heaven. So Job feels like he's been unfairly treated, not realising that actually um, it's not him on trial. Effectively, it's the devil on trial because God said, hast thou considered my servant Job? The devil said, the only reason Job is following you, serving you, worshipping you, is because of what you've blessed him with. So God said, okay, take it away from him. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. The devil took everything from Job. We said in about 45 seconds, one servant after another came and said, hey, you know, the the livelihood is gone. the, the, The livestock is gone. The family's gone. He lost everything. He basically said, naked came I into the world. Naked am I going to leave. You know, the Lord gave, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all of this, he did not sin. Um, even when his health was taken from him. And his wife said, look, just curse God and die. Job wouldn't. So Job doesn't realise why he, he's going through this. He just feels unfairly treated. And he asks the question, why does God afflict me? And then he, he kind of... Asks the question, you know, is, is God or are God's actions governed by human limitations? You know, because the Job's three friends were trying to give a human response 
as to the reason why Job was going through what he was going through. Well, maybe it's because you did this. Maybe it's because you did that. Maybe it's because, and God is not limited um, by the attributes of human beings. He's not limited by time. You know, so God already sees Job being fully restored to health. God already sees Job being blessed more abundantly than he was previous to this. God already sees that because he's not confined um, to time. And then um, the third question. I think we only did two questions last week. And the third question Job asks then is, uh, in verses 8 to 9, is God just going to return me to the dust? He says in verse 8, thine, thine hands have made me and fashioned me together round about, yet thou dost destroy me. Remember, I beseech thee that thou hast made me as the clay, and wilt thou bring me into dust again? The rough hands of divine wrath which clutched Job are the same hands that created him. You know, man was created in the image of God. Right at the beginning, God formed man from the dust of the earth. And if you ever kind of, you know, um, looked at what the human body is made of, you'll find that it's, it's made of the same elements, you know, that are contained literally in the dust of the earth. Um, you know, that's not a coincidence. Um, that's why at the end of our lives, the, you know, we no, normally have um, the, the committal uh, where the, 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 the preacher will say, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, literally signifying the fact that you came from the dust and you're just returning to the dust. Um, and what Job is saying is, look, you fashioned me with your hands. Now you're basically destroying me with those same hands. So from the dust I came and from the dust I, I, I'm going to return and he's basically asking, look, God, is this your plan all along? Is your plan just simply to destroy me? And the word destroy there that Job used, thy hands have made me and fashioned me together round about, yet thou dost destroy me. Um, that word there in the Hebrew is bala, and it is the same word used in conjunction with the, the sea swallowing up the Egyptian army in Exodus fifteen twelve. Thou stretches out thy right hand, the earth swallowed them uh, it's the same the same word uh, it's the same word used when the earth engulfed Korah in number 1632 and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their houses and all the men uh, that appertained unto Korah and all their goods so what was God's plan for Job now it's incredible that that Job he doesn't mention his parents in terms of Job's conception or creation. He kind of just says, I know where I came from. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, again, how anybody can, uh, can support um, something like abortion is beyond my reasoning. You know, when you see it more prevalent in the States because they're more vocal about it. But when you see the absolute my body, my choice, you don't affect my human rights, you know. That baby has a heartbeat, you know, it's such, uh, 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 um, early on in the brain, you know, it doesn't have a heartbeat at like eight months or nine months. You know, when I'm thinking of like our kids, you remember the first time you heard that on the monitor, you know, that it's incredible. Um, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And Job doesn't say, oh, yeah, you know, the thing is, I've got my parents to thank for that. He goes straight to the fact to say that, no, 
Thy hands have made me and fashioned me together round about. Um, you know, and that Job uh, uses a, a word which is, is not often used in, in the Bible when he says about being made. Thine hands have made me. Um, and, and the word there is a root word which literally means to carve or to fabricate or to stretch into shape. Um, it, it's interesting that it's actually sometimes translated as, as grieve. Um, in uh, Jameson, Fawcett and Brown commentary, they say this. They said, it's with pains, um, with the work of difficulty and art, applying to God language applicable only to man. What he's saying is, is that the construction of mankind was a divine work of the utmost delicacy and skill. We weren't, uh, we, we, we haven't come from monkeys, we haven't evolved. We, we haven't come from a, 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 you know, a, a primordial soup and crawled out of the, the ocean and then suddenly developed legs and then suddenly uh, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. It's incredible that the scientific community say that Christians are absolutely bonkers because they believe you know, that uh, God created us and yet these are the same people who are so intelligent that think that we came from a gloop. Um, I wouldn't say that we are, uh, have evolved. I would say we are devolving. Uh, we're probably going back towards monkeys. We haven't come from monkeys. We're going back to more of a, 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 an animal type of behavior. But Job discusses the fact that, that God made him, fashioned him, formed him, grieved in the way that it wasn't just a, an accident. That it was a design with purpose. Uh, Job also couples that word made, that was made me and fashioned me together round about. Uh, Job couples that, uh, that word made, which can be also translated as grieve, he, he, he couples that word with a common word fashioned. And that word first appears in Genesis 1, 7 when it said, and God made, fashioned the firmament together uh, with the clause where he says uh, together round about, which hints at the remarkable unity of the human body. It just talks about the body's complexity. You know, I think sometimes we, somebody said to me right at the beginning, uh, when I said I was going to start looking at Job, they were like, you know, what, what can you get from that? The fact that Job's friends um, have a go at him for he's being judged because he's sinful. And then, you know, it's just Job responding to those speeches. And how much can you get out of that? This book is just packed. You know, there's far more doctrine. You talk about the, you know, the, the doctrine of creation. And Job is saying, look, I, I know that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, he hasn't got, you know, a whole host of scripture at his disposal. This is the oldest book in the Bible. You know, so this predates Genesis. X. And you know, a lot of people say, ah, well, Genesis is just, is just Moses' kind of thoughts on the matter of how the world came into being. This predates Genesis, and Job is saying, I know God made me. I know God fashioned me. This is not an accident. This is not a mistake. This is something that has taken a lot of time, a lot of pain, a lot of thought. You know, it's not something that's just kind of like, oh, we just sort of happened over millions of years. Can I say this, that... Over time, 
things get worse, things don't get better. I, I can't remember which um, law of thermodynamics that is. I think it basically says that everything, the third law, it says that basically everything that's here is in a state of decay. It's not getting better, it's getting worse. Um, Hannah went, when Hannah went to um, America, um, first, first of all, um, we left her car in the car park because there was no parking in our street, so we kind of left it in the car park. And I, yeah, I'll run it every week, I'll drive it every week, don't worry about it, it'll be fine. It was only from the summer to the summer, so less than a year, and that car was almost ruined. It was to Christmas, that's right, because I had to get it MOT'd in January. So the summer to Christmas, because I hadn't driven it every week, it was, it was wrecked. The brakes had seized, um, the power steering system had gone, and that's because it wasn't used. Um, so when things are left alone, they don't get better, they get worse. And, and Job is saying, oh, look, I know that I've been fashioned. I know God made me. I know God fashioned me with his own hands. Psalm 139, 13 says, For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvellous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from me when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Um, the, the psalmist there celebrates the complexity of man. You know, when you think of the human body, I, I, you know, whenever you go to the doctors and sometimes you, um, you know, maybe go to a, a orthopedics, you know, they've, um, they, they've normally got, you know, if they're, if they're a shoulder specialist, they've normally got like a, you know, a, a, a skeleton of, of the shoulder just on their desk. Or if you've gone somewhere for um, respiratory or cardiac or um, whatever it is, there's, there's pictures or charts. And you, you just think of how incredible the human body is. You know, we don't appreciate how, we, how incredible our eyes are until suddenly you need a pair of glasses <laughs> to be able to see. And you, you, you recognise that the eyes are absolutely incredible. If we were evolving, why does our eyesight get worse the older we get instead of getting better? I'd like to evolve, so the fact that we don't need these. And then you get to a stage where you need two pairs, one for seeing distance and one for seeing close up, and then it gets really bad. So Job is saying... You know, I, I know that your hands have made me and they fashion me and I'm not a mistake, I'm not an accident, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And he says in verse 9, Remember, I beseech thee, that thou hast made me as the clay and wilt thou bring me into dust again. Now we know uh, God formed um, Adam from the ground, from the dust of the earth. Adam was um, made, but because of sin, God said, well, you're now going to return to that dust. You know, man was created initially to spend forever in fellowship with God. Uh, again, proving the fact that things don't get better over time, they actually get worse. So because of sin, you know, the, the purpose of man then is to, we were formed from the dust, but eventually we're going to return to the dust. Um, 
Psalm 90 verse 3 says, Thou turnest man to destruction and sayest, Return ye children of men. We recognise the fact that we're all headed to the same place. Um, Whether we like to talk about it or not, at some point every single one of us is going to go through that journey of um, taking our last breath. Um, But as believers in Christ, when we close our eyes in this life, we open them in a much better life, in a much better place. You know, we are not going to see this world get better. Um, you know, I'm sure after the, the Second World War, perhaps the thought was, right, that's, that purge has happened and things can only get better from here. And uh, have things improved? Well, they may have improved scientifically. You know, they may have improved with uh, some of the, the, the modern technologies that we have today. But man's inhumanity to man hasn't improved. You know, we still have got wars all over the place. Uh, and in some instances, for no reason whatsoever other than greed. Um, so the world is not getting better. We recognise the fact that our time on earth, in comparison to eternity, is short. You know, we, we haven't got um, a vast amount of time. You know, we were talking about this Earlier with Sarah and Jamie, thinking, you know, if we live till we're 70 and we have one holiday here, we've only got 20 holidays left. One holiday here? Yeah. If. Yeah. If you only had one holiday here. You haven't got a lot of time. I think sometimes we fail to recognise how, how precious time is. But as a believer in Christ, there's hope in what's to come. Job recognised the fact that he was created from the dust and to the dust that he, uh, he would return. But Job's heartfelt appeal is that God would remember him. Remember, I beseech thee. That is, he longs for God to simply act Kindly towards him, just as he did Noah. In Genesis 8, 1, it says that God remembered Noah. And you, maybe you've had this thought. Maybe you thought, well, did God forget Noah? Did God think, oh, no, where's Noah gone? At one point, it was only him and his family that were on the whole planet in a boat. So why would God forget where Noah was? You know, he didn't misplace his keys or something. You know, he knew where he was. It's not the fact that he was like, oh, no, no way. You know, when you've, you've gone in the car and you're like, oh, no, I've left the gas on. Oh, no, I haven't switched the lights off. Oh, no. God didn't forget where Noah was. God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle was with him in the ark and God made a wind to pass over the earth and the, the waters assuaged. That is, God acted favorably towards Noah. God acted kindly towards Noah and said, right, okay, the judgment has happened. Now it's time you know, for the waters to start receding. Joseph asked for practical thoughtfulness when he said to the chief butler, but think on me. Remember when he interpreted his dream uh, and he said, look, Pharaoh's going to act favorably towards you. Um, And he he just said then after that, look, I pray thee, um, you know, show kindness unto me and make mention of me unto Pharaoh and bring me out of this house. That's kind of where Job is coming from when he says, remember, remember me, Uh, remember I beseech thee. 
that thou hast made me as the clay and wilt thou bring me to dust again? He's just basically saying, look, look favourably on me. Um, act kind towards me. I read this quote yesterday and I thought, wow, um, I'd never really thought of this. But listen to this. It says, we often pray, uh, we, we, we often pray and ask God to do what in his deity he cannot fail to do. That is, look with grace and mercy upon us, his needy people. How many times have we said, oh, Lord, you know, would you look on me with grace type of thing? Oh, Lord, you know, would you? We ask God to do what it is impossible for him not to do. Does that make sense? We often pray and ask God to do what in his deity he cannot fail to do. In confessing um, that he is God's workmanship, Job is appealing to his creator's tender compassion um, and the work of his hands. Job is literally saying, look, you fashioned me. You know, why would you do this to me? You, you know, I, I, Job recognized the importance that he was to God because he's saying, you, you made me as you were purpose in making me just to destroy me. And the next question is, is, is pretty much an expansion Upon that first question, so did God create me just with the sole purpose of destroying me? Was that God's purpose in creating me? Hast thou not poured me out as milk and curled me like cheese? Thou hast clothed me with the skin and flesh and hast fenced me with bones and sinews. Thou hast granted me life and favour and thy visitation hath preserved my spirit. And these things hast thou hid in thine heart. I know that this is with thee. If I sin, then thou markest me, and thou wilt not acquit me from mine iniquity. If I be wicked, woe unto me. And if I be righteous, yet will I not lift up my head. I am full of confusion. Therefore see thou mine affliction, for it increaseth. Thou huntest me as a fierce lion, and again thou showest thyself marvellous upon me. Thou renewest thy witness against me, and increasest my, thine indignation upon me. Changes and war are against me. Did he create me with the sole purpose or with the aim of destroying me? Job said that the Lord fashioned or shaped him and poured out like milk, curdled like cheese. Isaiah stated that God hath shaped all of us, that we might bring forth praise to him, that we've been created and formed with a purpose in mind. Um, this people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. You know the complexity of the human body. Beckons to us that God is a creator God. And that you know we weren't um, some kind of scientific accident. That happened over billions of years. Um, when you think about it. Our heart has no battery and yet it keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps going. It, it doesn't run on petrol, it doesn't run on nuclear fuel, but yet it's not ceased to beat since it began the drumbeat three weeks from conception. Uh, if you live to be 70, your heart will have beaten over two and a half billion times based on an average of 70 beats Per minute. Um, 
it's incredible how um, you know the heart initially forms as one piece, um, but then over time in the in the womb changes into two separate chambers, with the one chamber being a lot bigger uh, than the other chamber because of the work that it has to do in pumping um, all of that blood uh, around the body. Um, when you think of our tongue, you know, in an average lifetime, you will speak over 123 million words. Um, if you would do about 250 million. <laughs> He created you and I so that in a lifetime, they will shed 121 pints of tears. And they will keep your eyes clean and they will express joy and sorrow. To move about, you'll be given 600 muscles on a frame of 206 bones with 45 miles of nerves. Let me ask you this question. How many miles of um, blood vessels do you think the body has? I had a rough guess. There's my nurses and my paramedic. A lot. <laughs> 60,000 miles of blood vessels. The, the genius is seen even in our stomach. Our stomach um, secretes hydrochloric acid. Um, a corrosive compound used to treat metals in the industrial world. It can pickle steel, but mucus lining the stomach wall keeps that poisonous liquid safely within um, the digestive system. When you take a look at our heart, when you take a look at our brain, even our skin, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Anybody who says that we are an accident, that we just evolved, that you know, you look at some of the things, um, technology. I was going to pick my phone up then. It's for the, um, <laughs> you know, you look at technology and you, you know, that didn't happen by accident. Uh, you know, it didn't, the, the scrapyard didn't kind of explode and then all of a sudden, you know, the iPhone was like, somebody put that together. Somebody designed it. They designed the camera so it would have a, a specific zoom. They designed the screen so it would, you know, look a certain way and... Um, the body is absolutely incredible. And Job acknowledges that fact. He recognises that he's not an accident. He doesn't understand why all of this is happening to him. But he knows he still belongs to the Lord. So the question is a, is a genuine one. I know you created me. And I know that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I know, um, you know that I've come from the dust. But... Have you just created me so that there's no purpose and I just go back to the dust? Have you just created me with the aim of, of destroying me? You know, it's, it's not even the, the, the human body that's incredible. You look at this world and this world itself. Um, you just see the, the incredible beauty that God has created in this world. And you look at the, the uniqueness of, you know, whether it's fish, whether it's mammals, whether it's birds, whatever it is, insects, or even a person. How incredible that each one has a specific role to play. I don't know what the role of the mosquito is yet. 
But one day we'll find out. Oh, if Noah had only on that ark gone. (laughs) But they've got a purpose. I'm sure. But when it comes to us. You know, if every... You know, I, 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 I read something this week, um, and I, I can't remember who it was or where I seen it, but they were asking people not to, not to cut dandelions, to leave the weeds grow in the garden because, you know, there's been an issue with pollen and with bees, and, and it's incredible how a little change in the ecosystem affects everything. Um, and you just think, if a dandelion... That we would think, oh, stupid things, you know, we'd get rid of them straight away, they'd ugly looking. Even that dandelion has a purpose. So if, if that lowly dandelion has a purpose, how much more do we, as God's creation, have a purpose? You know, I think sometimes we get to the point where we think, well, well what is the point? Why am I here? You ever ask that question? Why am I here? You know, there, there was a, before I became a Christian, I just remember thinking, you know, that life is, life is pointless. It is useless because I would look at mum and dad working all the hours that they could work um, flat out to be able to provide for me and my brother, to be able to, you know, have a house. And I just remember thinking as a, as a youngster, what's the point in all of that? You know, you go to work, you kind of earn money, which isn't really enough to, to kind of do much, and that's pointless. But as a Christian, you recognise then that life has a purpose. That our purpose is not just to go to work, to earn money, to, to buy nice stuff and to have a nice house and to have a, you know, a, a comfortable lifestyle. Our purpose is to bring glory to God. Our purpose is to reflect as his creation, our creator. Our purpose is to see more people come to know his son as their saviour. Everything that we do, our purpose is to glorify God. And Job knew that, but he couldn't work out why this was happening right now. And he just said, Lord, remember me. Look favourably on me. I know that you've created me. I know that there's a purpose for me. I'm not an accident. You have actually fashioned me by putting those bones and those sinews and those muscles and everything together. You just created me with the aim of destroying me. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. How incredible to think that God has a purpose for us even when we don't realise that we are worth anything. Let me tell you something. You are worth everything to the Lord. That's why he sent his son to die upon the cross for us. So when you think, I'm not worth anything, you look back to the cross. That is exactly what you were worth. But here's the other thing. When we look at the lost and dying world and we look at the wickedness around us, we will never look in the eyes of somebody that God does not love. And the only way that we can bring true glory and honour to the Lord is by reaching a lost and dying world of the gospel so that others might come to know Christ 
as their saviour. Next time, uh, we'll finish the rest of that question. Did he create me with the aim of destroying me? And then we look at um, the final question um, that Job asks, which is why did he cause me to be born in the first place? Father, we thank you again for this day, for this time together and for this opportunity to come around your word, Lord. We just pray now that you would just continue to speak to our hearts. We thank you, Lord, for the fact that we are indeed fearfully and wonderfully made. We thank you for the fact um, that you have created us for a purpose. We're not an accident. and We haven't um, come here as a, 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 as a cause of millions of years of tiny accidents happening, uh, that we are here for a purpose. And I prayed you'd help each and every one of us to recognise uh, that we have worth, um, that we are worth something because we were worth your son dying upon the cross for us. Lord, I just pray that you'd help us in everything that we do, that we would be able to bring you glory, honour and praise. We know that we have been fashioned, made with a purpose by your own hands. And Lord, I just pray that you just continue to use us in a way that you see fit, that we might glory you in all that we do. We pray and ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. 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 All right, for those um, joining us online, um, we will see you on Sunday at 11 o'clock. And thank you again for joining us. And I pray the Lord will bless you.